Welcome, dance lovers, to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Hello and welcome to Episode 7 of Ask a Dancer, the podcast where we interview performers across a wide range of performing arts genres. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm the Principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts, a dance school on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Today's guest on Ask a Dancer is Michael John Slinger, currently performing in Matilda on Broadway. If you have a suggestion for a guest, someone you'd love us to interview, make sure you get in touch. Tweet us at DanceStacey and use the hashtag AskADancer. We would love you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. This helps us share our love of dance with as many aspiring dancers as possible. Ask a Dancer is made possible with the support of Dance Around the World. Dance Around the World are the dance tour specialists and provide dancers and dance studios with the opportunity to see their name up in lights all over the world. Would you love to dance down Main Street Disneyland? Perform on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or take class at the Abbey Lee Dance Centre? Dance Around the World can make that dream a reality. Get your dance teacher to get in touch with Roz and her awesome staff at Dance Around the World by contacting them at dancearoundtheworld.com.au. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ask a Dancer. And now let's get Michael John on the line. Okay, let's go. On today's episode of Ask a Dancer, we have an absolute superstar, a Broadway superstar, no less. Michael John Slinger, welcome to Ask a Dancer. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, that's so good to be able to catch you on the line. Now, I know it's lunchtime where I am. Where I'm assuming you're in New York City. What time is it there? It's uh, 12.30 in the morning. I got home a couple of hours ago nice. uh, from the show, so I've stayed up to you guys. Oh, thank you so much. And the show you're referring to is, of course, Matilda on Broadway. Yes, Matilda. I want to ask you about the very beginning of your training. Whereabouts did you start dancing and uh, how old were you and who influenced you most in those early years? I was five years old when I started to dance. Uh, I was living in Adelaide, Australia. Um, my family are all British, and I just returned back from a, a trip at Christmas time, visiting family and my cousins. Uh, I have three cousins um, that all danced, and so when we got back to Australia, I had um, I had asked my mum if I could start dancing, which was like super casual in the beginning. It was one class a week. And that's pretty much all it was until we ended up moving up to Queensland uh, when I was 11 and things just got more serious. But, uh, yeah, there, there isn't a crazy story <laughs> in how I started dancing other than it seemed cool, I think. Yeah. Mum even asked what kind of style um, I wanted to, to do and I, I couldn't even articulate that. So I, I think my response was like rock and roll, which <laughs> I never ended up doing. But, you know, I had no idea. I just wanted to try it out. So Wonderful. And was Along that... with like Boy Scouts <laughs> and everything else and tennis and all of that. Fantastic. Well-rounded. That's always good. Mm-hmm. Was there one thing? Well, I figured it out. Yeah. And in figuring out, was there a major event or a moment in your training where you went, oh, that's it, the penny dropped and you said, this is what I want to do? It was definitely once we moved to Queensland and uh, the the energy of the studio that um, I relocated to was definitely different. It was a little more serious and I had never been exposed to dance competition or anything like that. And... Um, I definitely got a taste of, of what that could be for me. And I think we just blindly trusted that it would work out as a profession for me because by the time I was 11, 
I didn't really have much interest in anything else. Um, I guess I found my niche early on, so I sort of put all of my eggs in one basket. Awesome. And it worked out brilliantly. Well, it did. It, <laughs> it was still a journey, but it definitely did. Um, that's for sure. So speaking of the journey and ups and downs, can you recall a tough situation that you had during those early years when you were training? How, how did you get through it and what did you learn from it? Well, our situation for me was like uh, fast forward to when I was at Juilliard in the city. Uh, you know, growing up as a guy dancing, I was definitely always encouraged. And so um, it was always about pushing me to like that next level. Um, and then once I got to Juilliard, uh, I was definitely humbled a lot more because I was not necessarily a big fish in a small pond. And going into my third year, um, the school decided to keep me back a year in the partnering classes. So I had to repeat the second year partnering with the class below me, um, which I was obviously devastated about, but it ended up being the biggest blessing in disguise. Um, for one, it like, it woke me up and made me work harder than ever. Cause I still, I had to be the best. Like yeah. I, my ego couldn't, I mean, you know, I was younger then as well, but my ego really struggled with it. But also it forced me to like look at something that I was sort of pushed out of my comfort zone with. Yeah. And as a result, um, professionally, you know, partnering is one of my like my biggest strengths now. And it's something that I actually get really excited about if it's part of an audition process. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have had that experience or that kind of uh, approach to, to partnering uh, had that not happened to me. So, you know, at the t- time I just had to, to go with it, but it, it, it definitely humbled me. And I, I, you know, I trust the professionals that my, my teachers at that time. Absolutely. But, uh, trust your teachers. Hey, trust your teachers. <laughs> <laughs> um, you trained obviously at Juilliard in New York city. How did you get there from the Gold Coast and who were the people that really backed that really big move from Australia? It's kind of, it's, a, it's madness now when I think about it, but, um, you know, I always sort of had my heart set on New York. I, I did dance competitions, um, and I won Dancer of the Year, which is associated with Showcase in Australia, on my my third my third year of trying. Um, and up until that point, my parents had said I couldn't go to America unless I won Dancer of the Year, which I don't think any of us expected to happen. You know, and they said maybe if you get runner up, we'll we'll pay for you to go. But as a kid, I definitely like really took that to heart, and so made that happen three years later to go on a trip to the States to compete in Vegas. And that happened to all fall into my, like my senior year of high school. And so knowing I was going over, I was doing a lot more ballet then. Um, I was taking my advanced RAD exam, but we, uh, we put an audition on tape for American Ballet Theatre's Jacqueline Kennedy Anassas School. Mm-hmm. It was only in its, I think it was in its first year when I sent the video. Wow. Um, and ABT2 at the time was still known as Studio Company. And an Australian guy was running that program. He was the Associate Artistic Director of ABT's main company. Uh, John Meehan is his name. Yeah. Um, and my ballet teacher at the time, Prue Bowen, knew him and so you know they corresponded through email and he was happy to see a video of me doing ballet in my audition so we sent that and I was invited to come and take class over the summer to New York so I did that and that's where they then offered me a scholarship to 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 come full-time wow Um, 
as part of that trip. And even though ballet wasn't necessarily where I wanted to end up, I definitely developed a really big passion for it. And I think it's what really helped make that move. Yeah. And um, it, uh, it got me to the States, you know, with every intention to then apply for university programs the following spring. So that's sort of how I ended up getting there. It wasn't super like cut and dry or black and white. Um, and I have to say like my, my biggest supporters that kind of really facilitated all of it were my parents, awesome. um, especially my dad, you know, my dad spent many late nights in Australia trying to connect with the U S to get the visas sorted and to get the financing sorted and housing. And, you know, they sent me to New York at 17. So it's kind of a big deal yeah. for them to, ship me on a plane or throw me on a plane and and trust it would all work out but yep. yeah I have to like... say they were supportive for sure and still are and it sounds like a lot of hard work went into that as well not just not just them believing in you but you having to step up and and do the hard work necessary yeah I think I knew I was ready for that like to to be on like a bigger platform but I also didn't really know how to handle myself so I definitely it did require a lot of hard work you know only now at almost 30 I can sort of look back on those years at ABT and Juilliard and probably think I could have figured it out a little quicker and maybe caught on sooner to to make it more efficient but I figured it out in the end it definitely was a lot of hard work it exposed me to so much more than I could have I, I even knew was possible. But, yeah, definitely lots of hard work, lots of hours in the studio. Awesome. You then made a transition from ballet to Broadway. What brought on that change? Yeah. And do you have a memory in particular that stands out for you where you went, oh, Broadway, this is it, this is what I've been working towards? Honestly, it was the goal was always Broadway. And it, I was doing some kind of dance intensive where this amazing American woman who's in Sydney, I don't know if she's still part of the industry, but her name's uh, e. Stevens, and she kind of noticed me and just sort of said, you know, if you want any any hopes of having a career in the States, you've got to work on your technique. American dancers have so much technique. And so that's where I first found ballet. Um and then I fell in love with ballet. So I obviously had that back and forth of like what I wanted to do, but it was always going to be theater. Yes. You know, my, my first Broadway show was West Side Story in New York, straight out of Juilliard, which definitely utilized the skill set that my time at ABT and Juilliard and all of that RAD training sort of prepared me for. And then honestly, now, even the career I have now, I mean, I, I generally work in very dance heavy shows that sort of require that kind of training yeah but I think I think professionally the moment that I knew I had found my groove was uh was doing how to succeed that Rob Ashford directed and choreographed um it was my third Broadway show by that point but I felt like people were starting to get to know me I was understanding the business Versus when I joined West Side Story, I thought get one Broadway show and it would be easy after that. And yes. Honestly, there's a lot of hustle that happens even now. <laughs> you know, you constantly have to be your best. So, <laughs> but yeah, definitely how to succeed was the game changer for me. I think where I felt like I'd sort of things are falling into place. All of the work I'd been doing was I was starting to be noticed for it. 
How to Succeed is I have such great memories of that show. and um, it, I know, yeah, you love How to Succeed. I do love it. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, there is so much footage on YouTube. Get amongst it. It was just such a... Yeah, there is. It was, so it was, it was a special year. Absolutely. Talking about different choreographers that you've worked with in different shows, do you have one choreographer that stands out that, you, that you've loved working with? It's, it has to be Rob, Rob Ashford um, that did How to Succeed and Evita. He, I'm lucky I get exposed to, to different camps, as we call them, but Rob, he does probably the most unique and special projects of anybody and he definitely is very loyal to his dancers me included and that's something I don't take lightly and he also brings like the best people in the room not only like very talented people but people that are happy to be there and hardworking. Right. And so, you know, it's I've had seven or eight years of working professionally in New York and at this point I've got to do lots of things with, with the same people that are now not only considered colleagues but friends, you know, and that makes it really special <laughs> when you think about it. Like yeah. when I first started dancing in a dance studio, I loved dancing for my dancing friends, you know, that was – part of it so it's it's kind of a full circle moment in a way and he brings the best people together for sure awesome you're so diverse in the skills that you've uh, that you've attained through all that hard work you act so well you sing as well and then of course dancing is your first love uh what are the qualities that you feel aspiring triple threats need to have to be successful i think you just have to honestly be brave be brave enough to to go out of your comfort zone in order to strengthen the areas that you're not as confident in. For me, that would be singing. It's something I'm still a little more tentative with, um, even though I've done a lot of work on that to, to, to keep me working and to have like sort of have some longevity in my career. I, as a dancer, I can go in a dance audition and even if it's really awkward or really hard or it's not taught well or it's really long, whatever like the, the um, obstacles might be, I, I, I feel like I have the tools to navigate my way through it. Even if I don't feel like I'm nailing the, the combination, I can get through it and survive and sort of make it through other rounds. Whereas if I get a scene that I'm maybe being considered to understudy um, a role or music from a show, that requires a lot more energy and focus for me. Even though I know I've got, I can do it, it requires a lot more homework in order for me to, to deliver it with confidence. Whereas I can sort of, when I'm dancing, I can definitely like pull it out of my, my, my butt so to speak. I hate that <laughs> term because that makes me sound lazy, but I I, def- I can just, I can trust that I know, like my skills will, will deliver. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's definitely just being open to giving it a go because um, without going way off topic, for years, you know, music directors and singing teachers would tell me that I'm a tenor and I would not believe them. I was like, no, I, I don't sing that high. I can only like sing up to a G and I wish I'd just sort of surrendered to that and mm-hmm. given it a go because I am absolutely a tenor and I can <laughs> sing through the rafters now and I wish I'd figured that out years ago. <laughs> Again, we come back to listen you to know, the teachers. I but, I, yeah, but I was, yeah, but I was, I was nervous and scared and it yeah. was, made me uncomfortable, but you know, 
I have figured it out. So I think, you know, expose yourself to as much as you can and just be open-minded is honestly... Because what is a triple threat now? Is it... Even in dancing, it's... You know, I know I'm a technical dancer, but I'm, I'm not necessarily the world's greatest hip-hop dancer. But yeah. I, I give it a go now. <laughs> and I don't have to be the best at it, but I at least get myself there. Yes, so. absolutely. And that's such a good lesson as well, to get in and give it a go. <laughs> What's the worst thing Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of uh, different styles and different genres, tell us how you feel about uh, Steadfords and competitions. You said that the showcase competition was something that launched you over to the States and was your was your kind of ticket to the next adventure. How do you feel about the current competition movement that I'm sure is even more ferocious in America than it is in Australia and how that relates yeah, to the actual de- industry? It's definitely intense. For me personally, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't exposed to dance competitions until I moved to Queensland and I had the best time. I loved them. I think for me that solo work was sort of what really helped me really grow and develop as a dancer or as an artist or like however you want to consider that. But with that said, my parents were like such they were they were really wonderful. I had no idea at the time, but they were really the priority wasn't about winning, it was about trying to push boundaries and maybe push me to learn more. So I don't what I what I don't love about like the dance competition scene now is sometimes people recycle the same routines or the same tricks, maybe in a way to kind of get that instant gratification versus I we did some, I mean we did some crazy things that didn't necessarily land and I would only compete with them a couple of times but I was we were definitely always trying to like learn another speed tap solo or another jazz solo because you know as a kid you're constantly getting better and I didn't I didn't sort of like sit comfortably into doing the same things for five years we were always trying to do better and sort of improve and I think that's where I had success in it and I was able to not take it all too seriously. Yeah, that's important. Um, I think it's important. It's hard. It's definitely, it's easy to fall into the trap of maybe pleasing a judge or, or keeping up a certain like, um, appearance. But I think if you don't approach it all about winning, it's, there's a lot of benefit to it. Tell us, MJ, what is next, uh, what's your next current project that you've got lined up and are we going to see you on an Australian stage sometime soon? Uh, I don't think you're going to see me on an Australian stage anytime soon. I'm going to be at Matilda through the end of the year and I do have something coming up for next season that will start in January, but I can't tell you about it just yet because we're still finalising the details, but I am incredibly confident that you will see me back on Broadway Ooh, in 2017. Well, it just means yeah. that we're going to have to have another chat sometime soon for the podcast. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll be glad to do that. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. Have you got a message you'd like to leave uh, any of our aspiring dancers with? Yeah, I think... I think, you know, this is um, a really good thing to remember and I'm still learning this lesson in life now, but, you know, the idea of destination anxiety or wanting to, like, always have the results, I think what's important is to remember, say, like, at 12 years old, just embrace the fact that you're allowed to learn all day, every day, Mm -hmm. and you don't... I was always so hungry to, like 
get to the next level or get to get to college or be a professional dancer and I think you know I miss that sort of freedom now to like not have everything figured out yeah um as a dancer and as an adult but um you know I think just just really try and uh appreciate all of the knowledge that's coming at you and um expose yourself to as much as you can because even if you don't have a, a place to appreciate it today 12 months from now or five years from now then might you might like look back on a time there was definitely a lot of that for me at Juilliard when I would think back to my like time in Australia and my training especially in ballet class you know I was definitely very fortunate that I was exposed to like the RAD method that a lot of Americans aren't so you know, I, I just don't take anything for granted and just, and honestly, just enjoy learning. I wish I did more of that. I was always so hungry to get to the next step, you know, but uh, <laughs> Wonderful. it's a good thing. Such great yeah. advice. Well, best of luck with uh, Matilda and with the next project. We'll talk to you soon on Ask a Dancer and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Got a question for one of our dance stars? Tweet your question to at dance Q&A with the hashtag Ask a Dancer. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ask a Dancer. We're doing our very best to make sure these episodes get to you as regularly as possible, so please share this episode if you've enjoyed it with all of your dance friends. If you have any burning questions you'd like me to ask one of our dance stars, or if you have a dance star you'd like to nominate, please make sure you get in touch. You can tweet me at DanceStacy, and always make sure you use the hashtag AskADancer. We would love it if you would leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Jump on there and leave a comment and I can get back to you. This really helps us reach as many people as possible. And a big special thanks to our friends at Dance Around the World. They are the dance tour specialists and they make this podcast possible. Don't forget to get in touch with Dance Around the World if you and your dance friends would love to take your dance group overseas. Get your dance teacher to contact them and next minute you'll be dancing on Broadway, seeing the sights of Euro Disney or taking class at Pineapple Studios. Trust me, you're going to love it. Thanks so much for tuning in and I look forward to talking to you very soon on Ask a Dancer. Thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Get in touch with us at WPMPA.co or at Dance Q&A on Twitter.